This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Good evening, y'all. Welcome in. Come on in, grab a seat, pull up an ear, pull up a chair, pull up whatever you need to get comfortable to hear this edition of the Coast to Coast podcast from InsideCarolina.com. I am your host, Just Joey Powell, and with me as always are the two guys who bring the heat, who bring the thunder, who have the noise from down under. Sean Moran and Sherelle McMillan. This is a coast to coast, but Sean is actually on the same coast as us right now, Sherelle. So uh, <laughs> we're kind of misleading our audience a little bit here, but I'm glad to have you both here. Sean, how you feeling? Doing well. Real, how you living, man? I'm all right. Doing well. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys have had a little bit of a respite. Uh, this edition of the Coast to Coast podcast, as always, brought to you by, well, our friends, Johnny T-Shirt. I mean, it's you, you guys know Johnny T-Shirt is just as synonymous with Inside Carolina as great content is. So you probably know that I'm going to hype Johnny T-Shirt during this episode, but they are still bringing you this content. And I will say Inside Carolina subscribers have probably been spoiled at the level of news that has been breaking over the past six weeks, largely in part to you guys and the work you guys have been putting out as far as you know, just putting scoops out, letting people know what's going on with recruiting. Sean's done some phenomenal player breakdowns. But right now, we're going to kind of take tonight to reset for everybody because, you know, where things were hot and heavy for a little bit, we're going to slow down, kind of look at some of the things that are still going on so that our subscribers can kind of get a little bit of a reset and kind of see some clarity about what's happening right now because things have slowed a little bit and it's not as hot and heavy as things were. You know, now it's not quite what it was back in the pandemic when, when we were talking last summer and we're like, there's nothing happening. There's crickets in the hallway. There's tumbleweeds across this court of the Smith Center. Like it's, it's not quite that bad, but it has shifted greatly. And since things have slowed down, I'm going to slow down and tell our listeners to take a second, rate, review, subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, at least subscribe. And if you're not an Inside Carolina premium subscriber, then man, you are missing out on the goodness. Um, we're going to make, <laughs> I have, I have no idea what Cheryl just typed in our chat. So I'm thoroughly, thoroughly confused, but uh, I am going to try to keep the peace here and keep us on track to keep moving forward. Cheryl, you want to comment on that? Or are you just trying to throw me off? No, you're just talking about last summer and we were just, you know, there wasn't much to talk about it. And I swear like four episodes in a row it was like the Angelo. Oh, Angelo Brizzy. And then where did he yeah. end up? Do we even remember? Villanova. Villanova. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, that's no. Okay. So that's, that's what Sherelle put in the chat for all of our folks who are listening and, and can't see this, but uh, yeah, he threw out an, the Angelo Brizzy podcast and I'd totally forgotten about that, that on the coast to coast, we spent a great amount talking about him and then nothing ever happened. So uh, I don't think that's the case with what we have to talk to you about tonight. Boys, the first thing I want to do to try to reset are some guys that are currently on the staff's radar that UNC is in communication with. 
I'm going to throw out uh, it kind of in order. I'm going to let Sherelle talk about where the recruitment or the discussion with UNC stands. And Sean, I'm going to kick it over to you for a little bit of uh, analysis on their game, where you think they can help the Tar Heel program. Uh, first name is going to pop up, Efton Reed. Sherelle, you're up. Uh, yeah, so that is the million-dollar question. You know, what's going on I don't on have a million Reed. dollars, so it's going to have to be a 25-cent <laughs> question tonight. Buddy. Um, yeah, right now, it's, I would say it's in a holding pattern. Um, we got the initial news going on two weeks now uh, ago that UNC will – I should say we got a tip really first when uh, Roy Williams retired and Hubert Davis took over that they, you know, might kick the tires with him, but it seemed like it was going nowhere. And then he delayed his announcement, which was um, two Thursdays ago. And so two weeks from this past Thursday. <laughs> and that's when UNC called and was like, hey, we're, we're still around. And that Tuesday, which will be uh, about 10 days ago, um, uh, North Carolina had was set to schedule a zoom call with him. His mom confirmed it, said they were going to listen. And that's the last real update that we have. We know that he had one scheduled, I think about a week ago and that had to be postponed. And then there was another one scheduled this past Tuesday or Wednesday that also had to be postponed. So um, <clears throat> not quite sure what was going on there. Uh, we know they're still talking. We know that there is still mutual interest. Um, but beyond that, you know, his recruitment has been very, very quiet. Um, so I don't expect many updates uh, as it concerns him. But we are operating under the assumption that he has an offer. They wouldn't be talking to him this late into his senior year if he didn't. Um, and so that's kind of where things stand, you know, trying to see if they're going to be able to set up a Zoom call. And then, you know, when is he going to try to make a decision? We're in May. Mm -hmm. But frankly, he doesn't really have to make a decision right. uh, for a while. So is he going to wait it out and see how things go? Could it be a situation where – he waits until June and takes an official visit to UNC. No, we, we don't know. All right. And just to reset with everybody, his top schools are, I know LSU, I think Florida State was in there. Who else? Uh, Pittsburgh is, it was, is in there. Okay. Um, Ohio State was, but they've since taken another center. So I think okay. they are out of scholarships. So it looks like LSU, Florida State, and then perhaps Pittsburgh as well. Okay. All right. Good reset. And Sean, Efton Reed, you know, would fill that void that Inside Carolina subscribers have been talking about on the message boards. Uh, we've talked about it in various circles on various podcasts about having another man to play the true five. How do you feel about Efton Reed's game? Well, 6'11", 245. Um, you know, first, it's an interesting mix of, of schools with, with, you know, LSU uh, being in there. Um, we've kind of seen what what they've been able to do lately, especially in the transfer market. Uh, but in terms of his game, I mean, yeah, he would be the, he would be a true, you know, the true big, uh, you know, right now, once again, we always say we're assuming. Um, so let's assume that Armando comes back um, and, and you're playing really with three, three bigs, which to me is the perfect amount that you want to play with. And I still think McCoy can, can switch um, in between positions when he, when he needs to, but here you'd have a guy that, you know, would be able to give, I think, 10, 10, 12, 15 minutes, um, you know, athletic, athletically, that's not his calling card, but he does have some skill around the post. Uh, but I think for, for Reed, he would actually be more valuable, you know, as he's entering his sophomore year, potentially, uh, just due to one of the departures. Um, and two, you know, I don't think he's a guy that is going to set the world on fire as a freshman. So in reality, his role will be more acclimated to that coming off the bench. Um, now, is that where he sees himself and his family sees himself, I think is another question, but in terms of being realistic, I think it's really that freshman to sophomore year jump where he would turn into, you know, a solid, 
uh, potential starter. So, you know, this could be more of a, even though he's ranked number 28, oftentimes, you know, those guys are thinking one and done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we've talked about it. The game has trended away from, you know, the 6'11", 245 type guys, unless you are a Dayron sharp and, you know, just a beast on the boards, et cetera. So, you know, I, I haven't seen him in person since the October 2019 uh, USA minicamp. I have, I've definitely seen some footage of him, but he would be a, a big get at this point. Uh, but I think ideally, you know, more as a, a backup option and then going into that starting role as a sophomore. Does he have any potential as a rim protector or is, is he more of just a, an offensive guy at this point? Not, not like a, you know, a, not like sharp right now. I think he, with his size, you know, that's his, his rim protection, but in terms of being a dominant shot blocker, um, I wouldn't say that that's kind of his calling card right now, but you know, given that size, that's always going to be at least a little bit of a, a little bit of a deterrent at the rim. All right. Solid analysis. Next guy on the list, uh, CJ Frederick from Iowa. Sherelle, what can you say about him? Uh, Nothing. Uh, Nothing. All right, sweet. Next. (laughs) Now, now we know that UNC is recruiting him. We know that he is interested in UNC, but he's given, uh, as far as we know, maybe one interview since transferring. And the media dynamic with him in Iowa, I think, wasn't the best because uh, the him leaving wasn't expected. Mm. So I think maybe that is has you know kind of contributed to his hesitation to do media. But um, yeah, I think Kellan is in there. The kind of word we've gotten is that he really likes Hubert Davis, and you know I think the question a lot of people have is, well, how does he come in and, and fit? And I'm sure Sean will talk about that some. But I mean he's got a really good assist to tournament ratio and he's a good shooter. So I think, you know, this to me goes back to what we've talked about really for the last month is, is the aggressiveness of Hebert Davis. I think it'd be easy to look at North Carolina's roster and say, okay, you know, I think they're solid. They've got guys in each of these positions and really if they can add a, a backup five, they'll be good. But I think you see here him looking for players who can do the things that he wants. And uh, frankly, they need shooting. <clears throat> and yeah. we talked about it with Brady Manick, you know, kind of the Christian Bishop deal. Um, they seem to be prioritizing shooting almost above everything else. And CJ Frederick, if anything, is a, is a really good shooter. So I think that's where the, um, the fit comes in. But as far as his recruitment, I think it could be over at any time. It's just a matter of, you know, you know where he ends up. And I think um, a lot of people think Kentucky is kind of the team to beat. But I do think North Carolina has given him a lot to think about. I appreciate that. And something you mentioned early in, in your kind of analysis there, he really likes Hubert Davis. I'm sensing a trend on the episodes that we have done of this podcast since Hubert Davis got hired a month ago. Sean, tell me about CJ Frederick's game. I understand he's a pretty high percentage <laughs> shooter guy has a, a little bit of a stroke. Where would he fit strictly a two? Uh, where do you see him fitting? Were he to end up at North Carolina? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's the most interesting thing of how he how he would fit in, because I think in terms of the guard spot, that's where UNC has the most bodies. Um, granted, a lot of them are still unproven. Um, you know, Caleb Love obviously got to play a lot as a freshman, but didn't necessarily light the world on fire from a shooting perspective. Um, R.J. Davis, who I know we all talked about all summer, I think we, we had a little bit higher hopes of how he was going to shoot. Um and we think he can do that, but, but he's unproven. And then you have Anthony Harris, who, um, you know, he, he, he's still a little bit of an unknown in terms of being able to play 20, you know, 20 plus minutes. So there's a lot of bodies where you think 
um, that they're going to be able to make the jump next year. But Frederick's a guy that would come in uh, both as a freshman and sophomore. He shot 46, 47 percent uh, from the three point line. You know, it, looking at Ken Palm's stats, he actually went 36 of 76 from both the two point area as well as the three point area. And I think everybody can flash back to uh, December uh, when UNC played at Iowa and he was lighting UNC up for, <laughs> for, for 21 points. Uh, but, you know, you kind of go through Big Ten, you know, Big Ten play and he only had two games and double figures. Um, so he was, you know, primarily used as a knockdown shooter. Um, so on one hand, I think it's great that they're looking at a, at a proven shooter. I mean, so if you put, you know, him and Walton next to each other, that's two of the top shooters in the country. Now, granted, defensively, you probably have some, some questions, uh, but at the other hand, on the other hand, how does that translate into, you know, there's still going to be kind of a mix of how you're, you're juggling players minutes. Um, but once again, the hope is that they're making that, you know, freshman to sophomore year leap. Um, versus here's a guy that you know at least is going to be able to shoot 45% from three. And as Sherelle mentioned, and you have talked about plenty of times on this this, uh, this show before, if UNC wants to improve their roster, shoot better. And one way you can shoot better is get guys who shoot better. So uh, it makes sense why Huber Davis would be seeking out a guy like a C.J. Frederick uh, from the transfer portal. And now uh, another name, not transfer portal related, but a guy that has been on the UNC radar since Roy Williams' staff and now uh, reaffirmed with Hubert Davis' staff. Cheryl, you did a great write-up this week about Jaden Bradley. Do you want to give us a little bit of a, just kind of the synopsis? You don't need to go into the nuts and bolts and the same thing you did in your terrific write-up uh, for the Inside Carolina Premium Board. But if you want to give us the 30,000-foot view of, of where things sit with Jaden Bradley, and it, it sounds like his family does have plans for how they want this process to work. Yeah, I would say the big thing about Jaden Bradley um, is that North Carolina continues to make him a priority. And, uh, you know, with, with the way Roe Williams did things and the way he kind of communicated, uh, it was very much with the families and he didn't really care if anybody else knew. Now, a lot of coaches aren't like that, um, but Roe Williams was. And so sometimes we take um, the lack of public action or knowledge as inaction and that wasn't the case with Bradley. It seemed like UNC, you know, had trailed off a little bit in, in, with Roy Williams and uh, Steve Robinson, former assistant Steve Robinson, who was um, his primary recruiter, because we didn't hear about it a lot. But it was just that they weren't talking to anyone. And UNC obviously wasn't talking to anyone. So it was a situation where they were talking to Steve Robinson pretty much every week, talking to Roy Williams every week. So he was more of a priority than I think we really realized. And then when Hubert Davis took over, there was a little bit of a lapse for, you know, five, six, seven, eight days where they didn't hear from anybody at UNC. And it didn't really bother them because they understood that he was trying sure. to, you know, re-recruit people and get other people on the roster and trying to fill in the team. But as soon as Hubert Davis turned his attention to 2022, Bradley got a call, his, you know, dad got a call, his mom got a call, and they just kind of said, hey, or UNC said, hey, you're, you're a priority for uh, you know, this North Carolina coaching staff, we really want you in Chapel Hill. <clears throat> and I think that is um, where things stand now is that uh, UNC is, you know, I, I think in his, if he has a list, UNC is definitely in his list and he's looking to set up an official visit also in June. So um, a, a big deal for UNC because he is one of the more higher rated uh, league guards in 2022. And would you say, is it too early to say that UNC would be, on his list within the list, or do you still feel like 
uh, it's it, we're probably not far enough down the road yet to determine. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, for sure. All right, Sean, give me a Jaden Bradley uh, whatsoever about his game as a lead guard. Yeah, I mean, you know, before he transferred to IMG, he was the, the top-rated player in the class of uh, in North Carolina um, for the 2022 class, currently ranked number 15, which is a, a slight drop-off from, from where he was um, earlier, when he was kind of hovering around number 11, 12. Uh, he was the second player um, in the class offered by Roy Williams. But, you know, in terms of, of his game, um, you know, once again, I think in transition is where he is currently most comfortable. Um, you know, he has pretty good, pretty good body control in the paint. Um, he can finish well at the rim, you know, I, I think adequate outside shooter, um, is kind of, kind of fits him. Um, I wouldn't say a, a great shooter yet, but he definitely has the ability to, to hit from, from outside. And, you know, I think, um, you know, he's most comfortable using really this left-handed hesitation dribble, you know, to get, really freeze defenders and get them off balance. But here's a guy, a five-star, um, you know, I think, you know, going into the AAU period of, of, you know, we've seen him at a high level at IMG, but now going into the AAU period playing with team CP3 um, of seeing, is he really, you know, a, a le- truly a legit five, you know, top, you know, 10, 15, five-star. So I think that's, that's the question. And with, you know, if, if, if that is the case, then that obviously comes, the G league, um, which will be, you know, probably recruiting, recruiting him as well. So I think, you know, this in terms of Bradley serves as an interesting case for, you know, how North Carolina will approach kind of the five-star five-star guys, but, you know, in terms of his game his you know, he's, he's obviously ranked pretty high, but I think it's, um, you know, still wanting to see a little bit more of what he has to offer going forward. Yeah, at six two one seventy eight is what he's listed right now as a, you know, in his, I guess coming into his senior year. Uh, do you feel like a, a kid like that is is going to fill out more, or does he look like the type that's going to kind of be slender for most of his most of his college career? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know when, when I saw him once again last time I saw him in person, which was a while ago, but he he did seem you know to play bigger than the the six two, um, but. At the same time, in terms of, of size, I think, you know, you probably have another maybe 10, 10 or so, 10, 15 pounds ma- maximum. But I think he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's blowing you, you know, kind of a Davion Mitchell. It's just a, you know, a, kind of a bull like that. But he's going right. to be a guy that's, you know, very smooth and 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 can use a mixture of, of his size and, and ball handling ability to, to get people off balance. Yeah, awesome. and he's, you know, he's he's built fairly decently i would say uh for someone his age like he's got good size and i think if, if he's 178 you know there's a, there's a lot of muscle in that 178 because he doesn't look super slender um okay. for the times I, I saw him about three weeks ago i guess and you know he, he definitely has his eyes to him and then you sean was talking about smoothly his nickname is silk and it's for that reason uh i think when we first saw him uh, it was really the playmaking ability that he had for others. I mean, we're, we're talking about, we, we say like, oh, true point guard doesn't exist anymore. It's a lead guard. I would, I would call him more of a, like a true good old fashioned point guard and talking to his dad, he did say he, that uh, Jaden had kind of old sensibilities, which mm. I think is good. Um, it's something we talked about with uh, Cole Anthony, not comparing the two, but just the fact that <clears throat> he is a new age point guard with, 
kind of, uh, you know, 1990 sensibilities is how I would describe Bradley um, because he does like to get his teammates involved, but I think he is capable of scoring. Uh, outside shooting is definitely something that needs to improve, but he is capable of, of being a scoring guard. But I don't think he necessarily wants to be a scoring guard at all times. Well, if his nickname is Silk, then I'm assuming it's probably not because his instrument music is Freak Me. So, uh, and that's, that, there's your old soul reference too, by the way. All right. While, uh, while I'm trying to derail this entire episode, I will take a second to give some love to our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt. As we were recording this on Sunday evening, May the 2nd at 8 p.m., there has been so much winning going on on the UNC campus. Uh, women's lacrosse, field hockey, uh, tennis teams. I mean, just so much championship gold being lifted by these different programs why do i mention that because if you are a fan of any of those programs johnny t-shirt has your gear for those programs they will uh they will absolutely outfit you in whatever it is that you seek uh they have all of the brands from columbia to nike to jordan uh, cutter and buck for the golfers out there you name it johnny t-shirts got it Check them out online or on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill if you're if you're in the area. Seeing any of these teams as they cut down their proverbial uh, nets or cut their nets from their goal frames or whatever it is you do with with these other sports, but they're doing some winning in Chapel Hill, and Johnny T-shirt is right alongside them to help celebrate that winning and to help celebrate those programs. JohnnyT-shirt.com, hit them up. Premium subscribers know you get that extra ten off the top, so use that dime as you see fit. And always, JohnnyT-shirt.com, quick shipping, personal service, you name it. We love them. We want you to love them, too, because they love Inside Carolina. We're going to take a quick pause, let the national guys uh, inject their advertisements, and we will be right back after this break. Hang tight. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's good? We appreciate you sticking around. Part two of the Coast to Coast podcast this evening. I'm Joey Powell. With me as always, Sherelle McMillan, Sean Moran, breaking down where things stand with UNC recruiting right now. Uh, Things have been going very quickly as the new staff got established, started reaching out, uh, reaffirming offers, making contact with guys, not only in the transfer portal, but in high school currently. Uh, Things have opened up. Guys are starting to look at setting up uh, official visits, and that's what we're going to get into next. A guy that we've talked about, and we've tried to figure out which school he would be swimming with next year is Isaac Trout, uh, our friend from Nebraska. We're not really sure where he's going to end up. Sherelle, you do think that he may try to uh, try to set a, an official sometime soon? 
Yeah, so nothing's really changed since the last time we talked, but uh, I spoke with him, I guess that was Thursday or Friday, and he just said again that they're really close to, you know, scheduling a date, finalizing a date for an official visit. So he's someone who's definitely looking to get a chapel in June. All right. I hope that the staff has the nets ready. Um, and two guys that you talked about this week that have set up officials, and, and Sean, I'm going to have you reset their, their game standing too, uh, Justin Taylor who scheduled an official for Winchero? Uh June 5th through the 6th. All right. <laughs> you, you look super confident, I, but I'm, I'm going to take your yeah, word think, for it. I'm pretty sure that's right. That yeah. sounds good. Sean, what do we need to know about Justin Taylor? Um, another uh, a shooter. Uh, but I think, he, you know, unlike what we talked about with Frederick, uh, you know, he's at, at 6'6". Um, so, he, you know, he's a true, you know, I'd say small forward. Uh, but he's a shooter. But he's been able to improve, uh, you know, getting, getting to the basket, finishing in traffic. Um, you know, he has a good, good step back. Uh, but I really think, you know, for him being able to play with team takeover and on the AU circuit this, uh, this spring and summer will help him immensely. Uh, but he's a guy that, you know, with the size, uh, strength and shooting ability that is going to be a great get for, for colleges. Um, so, you know, just from watching, watching tape on him, uh, you know, definitely, definitely feeling uh confident on him but you know he's 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 a guy as i said six six that can shoot so um you know it'll be interesting to see uh how he progresses going forward sherelle he's from charlottesville and we've mentioned briefly on the on this podcast before uh you know the conventional wisdom would be that he's gonna end up at, at uva how do you feel like his recruiting's progressing I think he's getting close. Um, he talked about wanting to uh, narrow his list down by June 1st. Um, I, I think that could happen even sooner. And then he's mentioned his birthday is at the end of June. So he's mentioned uh, possibly announcing a decision then. But I think this is a recruitment that will be over, you know, by the time the live period starts in July, whenever that is. So I, I think he goes into AU season, full AU season kind of committed already. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, just because he seems like <clears throat> he has a good idea of the schools who are really interested in, in him and who are paying him the most attention. And I would say that's Virginia, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Indiana, and Carolina. Um, he hasn't put out a top five or anything, but if I had to guess, that's what the top five would be. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. And again, he's a kid who his entire high school season was canceled and he didn't, he played, I think, in one AAU tournament last summer. So reintegrating these past couple of weeks into um, – you know, basketball into competitive basketball has been uh, a challenge for him, but he, he said he's definitely up to it. Uh, so looking forward to seeing more highlights from him and seeing how the official visit goes in a month. Sure. Four-star kid, uh, top 60 nationally uh, by, you know, 24-7 sports. And yeah, it does sound like the timing is really good for UNC to be getting him on campus if he's trying to, to really expedite things towards the finish line. And the last guy who's probably gotten the most run outside of the, you know, the venerable Angelo Brizzi, uh, Deontay Green, who we've talked about quite a bit here, um, talked about him a lot, I think, in our last episode. He has actually set an official now that uh, recruiting starting to open back up. Sean, one more synopsis of Deontay's, Deontay's game for everybody listening. Yeah, we, we've talked about Deontay a, a fair amount, I'd say, the last last few months, and uh, I know Sherelle got to see him in person, and I think dispel maybe some of our biggest concerns, which centered around the athleticism. Uh, but, you know, for him, he's he's got a, got a good touch for, for his size, um, ability to run the floor, and is kind of one of those 
you know, long, lanky bigs that you would see has had uh, success with in the past. But I think for him, the biggest question mark was athleticism and explosiveness. Um, so I'm not, not willing to say that's been fully answered, but I, I definitely in terms of what Sherelle uh, saw in person a few weeks ago, that that seems to be, uh, be progressing. So if you can combine some improvement in that area with, you know, with the shooting stroke, um, you know, I think he could definitely be a, a great one to hopefully lock in early, um, just given the size and, and then that kind of the, the base baseline that gives you uh, for the class to, you know, maybe straight, you know, go, go out for another, um, some higher ranked players as well. And Sherelle, once again, top kid in his class, um, you know, number 65 nationally uh, from the beautiful town of Swannanoa and Asheville Christian Academy. Uh, where do you feel his recruitment is as far as a timeline goes? And again, key for Hubert Davis and the staff to get him on campus. But where do you feel like he is on his timeline of, of his recruiting calendar? Yeah, I feel like this is similar to Taylor. I think um, by the end of June, I'd be surprised. If he didn't have an announcement, um, I think he has a good idea of the schools he's really interested in and we'll see him, you know, set up a couple more official visits and I think he'll go ahead and, and announce something. Um, I think North Carolina's in, in pretty good shape. You know, they've got right now they have his first official visit. We'll see if he schedules something the weekend before. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he, if North Carolina was to land him, like Sean said, it'd be a, a really good start. I think people see the ranking and kind of wonder a little bit about it. And, uh, you know, I hate to be repetitive for the seventh straight podcast, but times are different. And so having an anchor, uh, someone, you know, kind of ranked where he is having someone like that who does have some skill and can grow as a player over the next couple of years, if everything stays, um, the way you would hope, you know, is, is, is not a bad thing at all, especially a, a kid who is, you know, self-reported 6'10", who can shoot, uh, which again, is, it seems to be a theme that we keep hearing with everybody that UNC is recruiting now is that they either can shoot or they can facilitate for shooters and they can provide spacing, shooting and spacing, shooting and spacing over and over. Every interview we do, everyone we talk to um, <clears throat> is always brought up. So I think that's a, a great thing for UNC with Green. And then, you know, his athleticism, you know, he's not, He's not a, a bounty kid. He's not um, someone who's going to be jumping out of the gym. He's not, uh, you know, kind of a physical freak like Dave Ron Sharp. He doesn't have those qualities, but I do think he has the correct mindset. And I do think, uh, you know, as far as rebounding and physicality, those are going to be things that he has to improve. Uh, but overall, he's, he's a good, I think he's a good, solid player. It would be a really, really good foundational piece uh, for UNC in 2022. And if anything, I think you guys have done a great job in contextualizing what that means, whereas to now there are so many uh, options for players coming out of high school. You know, we've talked about the G League's opportunities now. Uh, there are these two other startup leagues that are going to be on the horizon and moving closer and closer. And there's just more chances for players as opposed to just going straight to college and you know, the demand for from North Carolina and having to recruit only five star kids and only pick kids that are in the top 25 or the top 50. You guys have done a great job of putting into context that, hey, getting a kid that's somewhere between 40 and 75, that's going to be on your campus for a little while that you can build around. And to use Hubert Davis's words from his opening press conference to unpack their bags a little bit, that may be the play for UNC moving forward. And I think you guys have done a great job of laying that out. So thanks for resetting that for our listeners. All right, fellas. We've gotten through the list. Is there anything else that we need to touch on before we go? Sean, do you have two pennies for me? 
Um, you know, I, I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the staff is monitoring the, AAU, the AAU tournaments going on. Uh, you know, normally we'd be, we'd be, you know, probably finished up the two, two spring live periods. Uh, but really over the last three weeks, you know, if you're on Twitter or anything, you've seen the amount of tournaments that have been going on and, and really, uh, there was a big one in, in Indiana, uh, Fort Wayne, uh, this past weekend, but two weekends ago, it, it seemed like everybody was playing in, in a few of these tournaments. And, and with that, you get to see where guys really are at. And I think mm-hmm. you'll, you'll, you'll really see the next, uh, rankings update change drastically. Um, so I think it's, it's, how are they monitoring that and, and how are they viewing, you know, some of these players that are, that are rising without being able to actually get out, yeah. you know, <laughs> get out and see them in person. How are these kids actually improving and how can we document it? Yeah, I have, I have no desire to be in that group of people that is having to assign ratings and data right now. Uh, Sherelle, anything else you want to add? Sean didn't have but one penny tonight. You got, got another cent you want to throw in the, in the chain? No, that, that was a valuable penny because uh, <laughs> when, you, when you think about it, I mean, no one has been evaluated in person in more than a year. Um, when we started doing this last summer, we were like, at some point, they're going to run out of tape to watch. They're yeah. going to run out of film. And I think we reached that point probably in like January or February. <clears throat> so I would take everything that's a ranking, everything that is um, everything, you know, that's conventional. I would take it with a grain of salt as you head into June and July, because like Sean said, all this stuff is going to change. Kids have grown and matured and gotten better or worse um, over the last 16 or 17 months. And I don't, I just don't think you can look at something that was someone that was evaluated or rankings that were done in, you know, February of 2020 and give them any value considering everything that's happened. Um, so I, I, I think it's gonna be a huge shakeup. I mean, there might be guys who were ranked 90 who will be in the top 10 and guys who are in the top 10 who might be in the top 50. So you just, I would urge everyone to just kind of follow what UNC is doing to see who they want and maybe get away from the rankings for this class. And then maybe in 2023, uh, to some degree, you can say, okay, they've had another year to evaluate. The evaluators nationally are, are, are back and have a better understanding of these kids. But 2022 is, it's going to be kind of a crapshoot, I think. Cause well, and inevitably so you always changed. Have, yeah. Well, inevitably you also have that, the one or two kids in each class too, that has like that, uh, yeah, the AD jump, right? Where you right. go from, yeah. <laughs> you know, a, a six three kid to six nine or six ten or whatever it was in one summer, and go from being a, a ball handling point guard to playing in the post. Which throw that in there too, and it's it's not 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 a good recipe for for data assignment. Yeah, yeah, Mitch McGarry, who like comes from, right. <laughs> from out of the top three hundred to number two in the class within like two months. Yeah. Know, so and, and then falls out of the top top twenty. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks for thanks for putting the uh, the bow on that story, Sean. All right, guys, we appreciate you as always. Uh, Sean and Trail, you guys always step up to the plate and and knock the old baseball out of the park, which is a terrible analogy for a basketball show, but it's the one that came to came to the front of my mind. So I guess folks will just have to go with it. But we appreciate you guys being here as always. Thanks to our listeners, subscribers, viewers on YouTube, everybody who's taken us in tonight. We appreciate it. Hope you will continue to uh, listen subscribe rate review all the good stuff make sure to let us know what you think about the work we're putting out because we appreciate you being here and we want to make sure that we are living up to your expectations of inside carolina and all of the content that inside carolina generates also major love to johnny t-shirt for sponsoring to john siegley for producing i am just joey powell but for sean moran and sherelle mcmillan we'll talk to you next time this has been the coast to coast late
Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.